Hi, and welcome to today's SME Business Podcast. Your host, Mark, will be joining you to interview a founder of an SME business each week, highlighting lessons learned and revealing insights. Listen and learn each week on how to get and stay ahead. Hi, dear listeners. Thank you for tuning in for the next episode of the SME Business Podcast. Today, we're joined by Kate Grayson from Beyond Money. Kate is a money coach and her company helps people get in control of their money. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Yeah, it was like, uh, I was like, okay, you know, uh, the money is, is, is a uh, prevalent issue, uh, uh, very important, um, especially now in, in this uh, pandemic without, yes. you know going back to uh, effing COVID and all the buzzwords, if you will. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah, did this make sense? You know, uh, this is something <laughs> that, that can help so many listeners. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, you should be on, on the podcast. Um, so just, you know, give uh, listeners a bit more of ideas. Can you tell me a bit more about yourself and how you got into entrepreneurship? Yeah, definitely. So um, I got into it really out of personal need more than anything. Several years ago, I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease, and I had to really abruptly leave my job and career. And so I went from earning a nice, comfortable salary to suddenly being an unemployed, full-time medical patient. And I really began to experience firsthand the degree to which financial stress, just not having your money in order, um, can really affect every aspect of your well-being. And... I saw that first, the financial service industry just really isn't made to help us in these situations with just our day-to-day money needs. And second of all, almost all of my friends and family were also struggling with money stress. It's just that we're usually so quiet and closed about it that we all think we're alone. So anyways, I set to work on you know changing it all around for myself and then knew I needed to share it with the world. So that's how I got into entrepreneurship and started my company. Very cool. Uh, I forgot to unmute myself, but that's what oh. editing is for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. Like it's interesting, you know. Like um, yeah. No, like money is like you know like a taboo, if you will. Uh, people don't want to talk about it, but I think uh, this is like almost like uh, the weird positive bit is that um, like um, the can of worms is open, if you will, mm-hmm. um, because people are now like you know like they 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 know more more people that that, that are. In, you know, uh, stressed out if you yeah um, so yeah but people are, are more open and go like oh how can i do things better that kind of thing definitely and, uh, i totally agree and, that's and, been a great um you know plus side of this whole situation yes yeah yes yeah, so i was wondering as well so how did you get into money coaching yeah so um i really got into it first to fix my own finances around to realign, you know, my financial priorities with my new, um, you know, health needs and all of that. And then really it just started to happen. I started helping friends with their money more just, you know, as a, as a friend, not being paid for it or anything. And then I just realized that it's really all I wanted to do for my work. It's a marriage of all of my interests and skills and all of that. So it just, it's one of those things that 
wasn't planned, it just sort of continued happening and I really fell in love with it. Yeah, and, and, and then I think that's the most important bit, you know, like, it, it, you know, it's it's one of those things where if you do what you love, then you never work a day in your life. Um, yes, you know, there might be long days, but if it's something that you love, then, if, you know, it's, it's it's not a, I don't know, it, it's not a career anymore. It's just a, yeah, yeah, a labor of love, if you will. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's such a joy to be able to do what you love all day. Yeah, yeah so, so that was like a thinking as well, like, so if you you know like i know how you got into it but but if you basically talking you found uh you, you were speaking to somebody in the street and they go like you know um like like what is money coaching how would you explain it to them yeah that's a great question because it's not something that we are used to you know we all know about your investment managers who will you know grow your stock portfolio and all of these things but really what money coaching is is helping you figure out where you are at financially right now and not where you think you're at, but where things actually stand because there's usually a wide gap between the two. And so figuring out where things stand right now and then where you want to go in your life. So it's never about me as the you know money person saying, I think you need XYZ amount of money. It's about what do you want out of your life in the short and long term and how can we build you a financial plan and habits around money and a budget that will get you from where you are to where you want to be. Yes, yeah, yeah. and having a plan and then, you know, it, it's easier to follow well instead of just like trying to figure it out yourself and be like, okay, where should I go? That kind of thing. Exactly. Um, now we all have our own expertise and um, uh, money itself, uh, uh, yeah you know budget doing your household budget if you will um it's a expertise in itself um, that um, a lot of us uh, probably should be better at <laughs> yeah um, it's scary though which is why we you know money is scary which is why we all tend to ignore it a lot yes yes exactly um, uh, so i was wondering as well so um, everybody you know like you know the rich and famous you know people go like oh you know like uh, they get financial advisors but uh, how are you different from a uh, financial advisor yeah so fundamentally i'm bringing the same um custom planning that has always been available to the wealthy i'm bringing it to everybody so before, I mean, you would have to have a lot of money in order for a financial advisor to spend, you know, the level of time and attention to really understand your budget, your spending, your priorities, your goals, all of that. And I'm bringing that to everybody because I think that everybody deserves custom financial planning, not just the uber wealthy. Yes. Uh, basically financial planning for the 99 percent exactly exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um so i was wondering as well what kind of money problems do customers come to you uh, with i would say that the biggest overall problem is just really not understanding what all of the money is supposed to be doing for you every month. So everybody's specific problems look different. Some people have a lot of debt. Some people spend too much. Some people, you know, everybody's issues around it are different. But fundamentally, the problem that I see is that we are not used to thinking of money as working for us. 
we're not used to thinking of it as a tool to access the lifestyle or the, the life that we want. And so once I'm able to reframe that with clients and get them towards thinking of money as a powerful, neutral tool to access their dreams, then that changes things around a lot for people. Yeah, instead of like, you know, like a necessary evil, uh, you know, position this as, as a something that can get you where you want to go. Um, yeah. Um, uh, of course, you know, uh, um, it is what it is as in where we are. Um, but uh, why do you think that it is so important to talk about money? Yeah, I think it's important because money is really the driving force of our lives and our world. We don't often want to think about it that way because that can feel, you know, bad to focus so much on money. But fundamentally, it's money that lets us, you know, visit our family. It's money that lets us go on, you know, vacations and experiences. It's money that lets us educate our children well. Like money provides us all of these wonderful things in life. And I think it's important that we stop running from money, that we start letting it um, be a useful force in our lives and um, you know that we let go of of some of the fear and the stigma around it and then we'll also realize that we're not alone a lot of my clients think they're the you know singular worst person that's ever existed with money they think i've never seen somebody whose bank account is so bad or whose budget is so bad but really that's never true it's just that since we don't talk about it we all think we're alone when really we're all in it together. I was going to say, it's, it's one of those things where um, I think this whole crisis highlighted uh, where, um, you know, uh, where people were hiding stuff, if you will. Um, um, and then uh, yeah, like it kind of comes out where um, they go like, okay, you know, I know I need to do something. Um, but it also, you know, helps them reframe um, where, where, where they're going and they go like, okay, uh, can I create a new situation that, that that's less stressful? Um, and, and then, you know, so I can get in control of things and then I can start rebuilding. Um, yes, I, completely. I um, of, yeah. Yeah. I think um, if there's think one there's thing, like a lot of people that will be like, okay, two thousand. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that if there's one thing I've learned is that people's financial stress or financial struggles, um, as I think we've seen during the pandemic, are not at all related to income. I have clients on, you know, extremely high good incomes that are struggling paycheck to paycheck. And I have clients that earn what most of us would consider a low, modest income, and they're doing great. Yes. You know, so it's not, um, it's financial stress is not correlated to income or assets or anything. It's all about um, how you choose to confront it and if you choose to be in control of it. And I think you're right that we've seen um, a lot more people come out with their struggles during this time that we might have uh, before the pandemic thought, you know, had perfect lives. Yes, yes. And I think that was like one of the things, for instance, the UK was like, um, was getting publicized was that, you know, a lot of uh, like uh, middle-class uh, folks were like all of a sudden showing up at food banks 
um, because yeah, um, they end up in a situation, for instance, that um, they ended up with like 10% of their, their previous income, and then yeah, yeah, of course, you know, we end up in a situation where that that's not sustainable. Um, so you end up literally having to go food bank because um, yeah, you you have no money left because what you're getting if if you're getting 10%, for instance, that that's doesn't even cover I don't know 25% of your mortgage or right. Whatever. Right. Um, um, so yeah, it's a, it's like a, a exposing in a way is also like the cost of living, um, which is then, yeah, detrimental. Um, I, I remember the in the old days, you know, people would be like, oh yeah, you know, like um, um, was it like twenty five percent of your income should your rent or mortgage or whatever should should be twenty five percent max of your income. Right, and now that's not possible for many, many people. No, and and and, and that's like you know, like um, I I see it myself. It you know, like I, I I would like to pay less, if you will. Right. Um, but but the market is such that 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 that's not an option. Um, because yeah, it's one of those things where um, um you know that the prices are such, and I think. Um, that there's also some government responsibility there that, that yes. they have to put some brakes on because um, they if they say at one point like you know spend 25 percent of your income on, on mortgage or rental or, or whatever it is but but that you know that that the average person is spending like I don't know, let's say 50 percent or whatever um, then then you as a government you need to do something because um, it just you know, like looking currently, uh, if it was a question that instead of fifty percent people were spending twenty five percent of their income, then guess what? That their gap that they have to bridge is much smaller. Right. Um, but now it's like um, this is the funny part. I, I don't know how it was over there, but here actually the like the prices were booming, which is like really weird. They're booming right um, now during the yeah, pandemic. Well, like, um, Yes, oh. and uh, but now of course you 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 see some some prices starting to drop. Okay. Uh, but to be fair, I think that was like the same in like uh, two thousand eight, um, where you know the prices were high and then uh, literally like it crashed that kind of thing. Oh uh, gosh, it's so it's so tough. Um, and yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 and then the, you know like the and, and and this is my personal gripe with this is that you know like uh, the um, the whole home itself, you know, should never been about the investment object. Exactly. Um, yes. As in, um, I I get it. You know, like you wanna like pay down on the mortgage, and then you know you pay off your mortgage, and then you, you don't have to pay for it. Uh, but but the whole like landlord situation and such is just makes it all much more horrible, if you will. Um, because then the prices go up, and then it's like you end up like paying rent. And then you can't actually save for your deposit because you're paying so much rent. Yeah, um, it is just a vicious cycle. And I think that's yeah, why, yeah. Um, you know, uh, custom financial coaching, you know, financial planning can be so helpful for folks because yes. when we hear this, um, you know, yes. the traditional information online of, you know, yeah, 25% of, uh, your income on housing, or you should be able to save for a down payment by the time you're 30 or something like that. We hear all of these things yes, and, yes, yes. and 
that just perpetuates the guilt and the shame that we have around money because we're not achieving those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, you know. and also you know, like yeah, exactly. And then it's like you know, like for instance, if you're talking about university, um, you know, like um, you know, earlier generations maybe went to university for free or you know they paid like I don't know, um, uh, five hundred per year right and, or and now it's like you know people get out and they come up with like 100k in 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 study loans exactly um, yeah and here in america and like, i mean you know, our like such, yeah i was just gonna say that here in america our debt crisis is just so horrible i mean people are in you know so much debt that there's really no chance of um of getting ahead the way that our parents and our grandparents generations did Yes, yes, because you end up in a situation where people um, supplement their income with credit, um, and that that system only works if you keep inflating credit, and then you end up in situations where you know, I I read stories where people go like you know like they have like eighty ninety k of 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 just credit card debt, and it's like, um, and that even for the UK where you know there's also credit card debt. Um, but those are like the shocking numbers, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's a lot more um, common than um, any of us might think, which is why I think back to your earlier question of uh, the importance of talking about money is that, you know, then you know that you're not alone. If you have, you know, 50 grand in credit card debt or something, you might think that you are the only person you know that has that because you and your friends aren't talking about money. But the relief that you feel when you realize that you're not alone, that other people are experiencing this too, it doesn't automatically eliminate the debt, but it certainly makes coping with it easier. Yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, it's, you know, like, uh, I think, you know, like, uh, one of the things of why, why people should do money coaching is, is like, you know, they need to, um, you know, uh, they need to see the end of the tunnel, if you will. Yes. Um, and 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 then then you know like you you as a, as a whole family you know have somewhere to work to work towards, um, and I think this is where um, you know like the the bounce back or the great reset or you know um, uh, some government conspiracies come in, but uh, <laughs> um, I think it I, I, I think it does call for a, a reset if you will because yeah. Um, if it has to be sustainable, then yeah, uh, things need to change um, because yeah, cost of living has gone up, but um, um, salaries haven't increased. Uh, so you end up in a situation where one doesn't match the other. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, and, and then of course, you know, the elections and such in America doesn't really help as well. Um, so hopefully that starts calming down now. Um, but yeah, um, stressful times. Sure is, sure is. Um, um, I was wondering as well, so um, what could governments around the world do better to help small businesses grow? I think that they could make um, access to startup loans um, much more accessible for people. In, in America, over the last decade or so, I mean, really since 2008, the amount of money that the government is giving out um, in folks to startup loans it has um, gone down exponentially. And this makes it really hard because it makes it that 
only if you already have money can you afford to start a business. And that's not right. The joy and the privilege of starting a business should not be reserved for people who have access to startup capital. So that would uh, be my request of all of the governments around the world. Yeah, it's good. It's cool that you bring it up as well because um, um, I brought it up in a different episode. But I said as well as like um, um, you probably know the statistic as well. But um, basically, a lot of the large enterprises that that um, were around uh, before, a lot of them are no longer around. As in, uh, you know, they they grow big, and then at one point they grow so big that they kind of like they lose their way, mm-hmm. um, and then those companies go away. So really, it is in the government's best interest to not, of course, only have things like Silicon Valley, where it creates another app and another app, but actually create new uh, companies yeah. um, that, that then, then can be, uh, you know, like uh, listed on New York Stock Exchange and be uh, the new General Electric, if you will. Definitely, because um, those because, have to start you know, somewhere. That, that, that's, that's, economic, that's economic cycles, and that's how it works, you know. Um, you know that what worked in the past doesn't work in the future um so it is in the government's interest and and or all our interest really to have a continuous cycle if you will of, of new smaller companies growing big um because that means that the gener- taxes are being raised and that also means that they generate uh, employment uh, because of course, not everybody wants to be entrepreneur. I know this is an entrepreneur podcast, but <laughs> uh, not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, of course, or can't be an entrepreneur for various right. reasons. So, um, yeah, it's it's very important, and um, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of sad that that yeah, governments are more yeah, you know, because of all the lobbying, uh, more targeted towards large enterprise. Um, hopefully, they they wake up. But again, um, this is why. I, I hope um, people in government start yeah, finding out about this podcast and then, you know, go like, hey, you know, we get some policy ideas. <laughs> yes. Yes, that will be wonderful when that happens. So any governments yes, that are exactly. listening, take the ideas from this podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. You know, um, I transcribed the podcast as well, so they don't even have to listen. They, oh, know, even better. <laughs> uh, um, I was uh, saying, I think as well, if a budding entrepreneur would ask you for one piece of advice, what would it be? That's a great question. And to take it back to money, like I always do, um, my advice would be to save more money than you think you'll need when starting it. I think that entrepreneurs by nature are optimistic, success-driven people. But in my experience, starting a business takes a lot longer than um we usually think it will. It doesn't turn profitable as fast as our entrepreneur optimistic mind might hope. So my advice is always to make sure you have more financial runway than you think you'll need. And this is especially true if you are in a single income household. If you have a spouse whose um, income you can rely on, then maybe it's a different calculation. But if you are single, if you have any dependents, definitely plan for more savings than you think you'll need. A, a, a very good point, because of course, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if you 
assume that the, the government will be there for you. Um, you, you. You can be called out, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, um, it's very important. So, but yeah, you you need to be wary of course things like cost of living. Um, so one of the things I've I've seen people do go like um, they move um, not to suburbia because the prices would still be too high, but they go like oh I'll take a job um, in a different state because they go like well maybe the salary is not as high, but because the cost of living is so much lower, I actually end up with more in my pocket. Um, but those are all, of course, uh, um, yeah, uh, yeah, um, decisions people need to take. Like, oh, does this make sense or, or not? Um, but yeah, yeah, money uh, a big component. Um, then I had a question as well. Uh, the last question I had was like, if you had a magic wand, what would you want to make happen? I think back to our earlier conversation, I would just like to wipe away everybody's debt and let people start clean because um, especially student loans and obviously in, in some countries like America and the UK, credit card debt has really created cycles for people that are tremendously hard to get out of. So I would like us to just all have one big reset and wipe everything away and all of us start fresh. Yeah, it's, it's good to bring it up. Um, um, I think in like um, official term, uh, well, actually in the UK is like a, a debt jubilee. Mm, um, I like that. I, I don't know if that. I, I don't know if it's actual. Um, I, I think it happened only once, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, there's a lot of people, of course, that that do have the money that they don't like that option. Sure. But but if you just look at, even if it's a question like looking at like where we are. Um, you know, there's no gold standard anyway. Uh, let's be honest, most money is printed. Um, um, so, you know, it's one of those things where um, is is all that debt serviceable or is it better to just say, hey, you know what, we, we're literally going to go to the computer and, you know, basically almost like, you know, back to the future, if you will. Right. Um, press the, press the be like reset, like we'll go back to where it was point X and... Uh, um, and then, you know, bounce back that way. Yeah, um, and obviously, you know, it, um, it, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say that, um, obviously, it's more complicated than I'm making it, you know, but, and we would obviously have to figure out um, what can be done so that these uh situations don't repeat themselves. I mean, it's not very useful to wipe away all student debt if we're not going to make university more affordable moving forward, for example. So obviously, yeah, more complex than I'm saying, but if I had a magic wand, that is what I would do. Yes, yes. And I think it's also, um, yeah, like I said, the university is changing the pricing is, is one thing. Um, but I, and I think like one of the main things I think you know, it's like the like we like I mentioned the cost of living, where it it just needs to be more manageable. Um, yes, I know not everything was great in seventies, eighties, and there was like lots of destitution as well. And don't get me wrong, not everything was great. Um, but but yeah, you end up you had a situation where um, a people were able to uh, live uh, based on one income. And 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 they were able to buy a house, um, you know, do doing um, 
you know, um, and jobs that, that didn't really require much education, if you will. Um, and yet you still could buy a house. And now it's like, it's pricing a lot of people out. And it's like, um, yes, you can work in the city, if you will. Um, but, but you can never live in the city. And that, that, I, don't, I don't think as a society, uh, it, it should be something we strive for. Um, because for cohesion purposes, if you will, uh, um, yeah, everybody should get a chance. Uh, but that also means that you know, um, general governments around the world, um, uh, it's, you know, like the whole housing uh, as an investment, if you will, um, that 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 should go out the window, um, and then um, you know, focus on doing like uh, like bonds and such, where uh, instead of like people investing in a house because they don't need to, because housing is uh, like price fixed, if you will, or like a rent control almost. Um, you can make it such that, that instead of for investing in a house for a pension, they go like uh, in state bonds, where those bonds that I use to um, jumpstart new industries, um, I think that 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 has value, uh, and then you can like you know uh, continue to compete because you you can have continuous influx from people investing, and um, yeah, it's 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 relatively safe investment that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that that's way beyond my uh, let's say pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a reason but, 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 uh, yeah, I'm that, not in charge but, of the government. <laughs> no, no, but that that, that 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 those are things that I would like be like, hey, you know, like if 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 we get to a point where hey, housing again is only twenty five percent of your 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 salary, um, then then it means that people free up money to then um, um, invest. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely. Um, I think anything yeah, we can to, do to, to make it a more you know, something needs to happen. I was just saying, I think anything we can do to make it a more um, equitable economy. So it's not the, you know, uh, 1%, you know, doing well and the 99% struggling. I think anything we can do to make it more equitable is only a win. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, and we'll get there. Um, I think in a way, um, this is a learning lesson for, for governments around the world about uh, how how far you can push people and, and when they start pushing back. Um, and that, that I think uh, um, there's going to be a lot of, uh, let's say, uh, government officials that are wondering, like, okay, um, I, I think we've done all the pushing we can. We, we need to do something. Um, so things like an example here in the UK is that um, the benefit system, they, they, something called universal credit, um, what they pay out, um, uh, if you have savings, for instance, then you can't qualify one of them. Uh, but also one of the things is that the amount that you get is so low um, that, that you basically go from, from, from a job to yeah, close to immediate destitution, that kind of thing. Um, which is, you know, uh, one of those things where then, you know, you basically um, remove all the life juice, if you will, from somebody. Uh, well, if it was a more gradual measure, if you will, uh, then then you have a better chance of people returning to normality, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, that that all requires massive overhauls. Uh, so in a way, maybe that's why 2021 can work. Yeah, um, I think that's a great way to think to of it. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like, uh, but I think uh, that, that's, uh, yeah, there's some skepticism and, and, and 
you know, people go like, oh yeah, the World Economic Forum and a great reset, and we don't own anything anymore. Uh, but but if you if you do read between the lines, you go like, well, if you do own something, but basically for you to own it, it means that a you don't own it, but the bank owns it, and your your mortgage payment, if you will, is so high, then is that actually doing anything for you? Right. Um, you know, like you have to think about that, and that's why I think you know where your money coaching also comes in, where it's like, um, is it is 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 it worth it to have this higher mortgage, or is it better to go like, hey, we move to a different state, uh, if your work allows that kind of thing, uh, and then yeah, we all be done with your mortgage uh, ten years earlier, that kind of thing. Yeah, we all have such. Um, every one of us has conflicting priorities. You know, none of us can have everything exactly what we want. And yeah, so it really is about weighing, you know, to use your example, do I value living in the city near my friends, near my job, near culture? Do I value that in terms of what it will actually financially cost? You know, is that a worthwhile uh, trade-off for me? Or would I rather, you know, have that extra savings and then, you know, change my, my lifestyle and be in a you know, a completely different location, different lifestyle. So we all have these things to weigh and it's just about how do we put it all together into a cohesive picture? Yes. Uh, and we'll get there. Um, yeah. I think we're all like um, rediscovering uh, what, what we think is important. Um, and um, yeah, have, our priorities are changing, um, especially for, for, not just because maybe people are going to change themselves, but they see other people are going to change and they go like, hey, you know what, actually, do I need this or or, 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 what, or is it what I need is actually different than what I'm doing, that kind of thing. Definitely, definitely. Um, I think those are all my questions. Um, I was going to say uh, thank you for uh, joining me on the podcast. Um, if Where can people find you? Yeah, it was um, it was such a joy to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, people can find me on my website, which is beyondmoney.co. So not .com, but beyondmoney.co. And I have a little, um, a little gift for you on there of like seven tips that all of us can do today to change our uh, financial situations around. So you can download that on my website. And then you can also find me on Instagram, also at beyondmoney.co. So please come hang out with me. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, and I, I, I saw as well, you know, being podcast host, I, I saw as well, you have a podcast yourself. I don't know. I don't have one. I like being guests on them. Oh, okay. I okay. haven't. Uh, I, 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 I yeah. Sure. So I've um, I've been on guests, been guests on a bunch before. Okay, but okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, and, and and LinkedIn. You're on. People can find you on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Uh, sure? They can find me on LinkedIn. I can't yeah. say that I'm very active, but I'm um, on there also at Beyond yeah. Money Co. So find me there. And okay. yeah, Twitter, okay. uh, maybe okay. in 2021, I'll start, <laughs> I'll start tweeting. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Social media is a whole different ballgame. Uh, I know. Uh, I only, I only started my Instagram um, in 2020, so it's been a fun, uh, learning for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still have to figure Instagram out <laughs> yeah. is, uh, for, for, for B2B it's, it's slightly different where it's right. like, are, are, are the people 
I'm talking to even there, that kind of thing. But totally. that might be there. Um, uh, thank you again. And uh, thank you, dear listeners, um, wherever you are, on the surfboard, in the, in the ocean, uh, in the in the ocean, on the beach somewhere, um, in Hawaii, on a cruise ship, maybe not, uh, in the North Pole, wherever you are. If you're on a spaceship, do let me know. Um, I can do a <laughs> shout out. If you're on ISS, do wave. Um, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show and I look forward to having you tune in again next episode. See you next time.